This is JS Square with your hosts, Jason Stowell and Joshua Sommer. Hey, welcome on into the podcast, everybody. My name is Jason Stowell, and I'm alongside sitting in our respective houses several miles away over audio recording is Josh Sommer. What's up, everybody? <laughs> well, we are super excited to do this podcast. Uh, we wanted to do this for a while, and right as we started to get equipment and figure out how we were going to um, record remotely, because both of us live in um, cities that are a little too far away to get together, uh, the coronavirus hit, and so we got shut down because sports got shut down, and it's a little hard to have a sports podcast when there aren't really sports going on. <laughs> so, we're back at it now that sports are starting to pick up. <laughs> Josh is going to be our audio guy, so when you hear audio cuts randomly in the middle of nowhere, that's all his fault. So, I... <laughs> So to start out, I, I thought we'd give a brief introduction to ourselves. Uh, a lot of people may know Josh or me, but not know the other person that is magically coming through your audio speakers. So, uh, Josh, why don't you go ahead and, and introduce yourself? All right. So my name is Josh. I'm coming at you from Kaysville, Utah, and I am a passionate NBA and Utah Jazz fan. When I was younger, I actually played baseball for a couple of years, and then about 2008, that was the year that the big three Celtics uh, won the championship. Uh, I started to follow and got into the NBA, and particularly started following the Utah Jazz, and since then I've been a passionate Jazz fan and followed the NBA ever since then. And otherwise, uh, as far as college, it was actually Jason that got me into uh, college sports and started to get me more interested in that, uh, particularly following BYU football and basketball. Um, and I also, to Jason's dismay, I also do follow the Utes uh, football. Uh, not so much the basketball, but more just their football team. And outside of college, I also keep up with uh, Real Salt Lake. Uh, so not really Major League Soccer as a whole, uh, but particularly just RSL. I do enjoy for a younger brother that has played soccer for years and years, so I have a lot of years, so I remember going to lots of soccer games uh, throughout the years, you know, his soccer games. So yeah, and then all uh, specialty is definitely the NBA and uh, Utah Jazz, so that will be largely what I will have knowledge about if any of the sports out there. He's the man, the man for NBA. Um, so my name is Jason Stoll. I... Me and Josh have been friends for, man, what, 10 years now? 10, Ten years. years. Yeah. I, I have followed college sports, uh, football and basketball in particular, uh, for forever. Since I was a little kid, I went to a football game when I was three days old, so um, my parents were kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah, we, I, I have loved college sports for a really long time, uh, particularly BYU. 
Um, and then Josh was actually the one that introduced me largely to the, the NBA. I followed it a little bit before um, we met, but Josh was so passionate about the NBA and the jazz that uh, that definitely influenced my interest. And it was fun to have somebody to talk about sports with. And so, uh, yeah, I owe a lot about what I know in sports today to Josh. So uh, I live in Pleasant Grove. I just moved, actually. Busy, busy couple of uh, couple of weeks. So uh, looking forward to doing this podcast with you, Josh. It's going to be pretty fun just to have a weekly sit down and talk about sports. So yeah, buddy, should be fun. Right back at you. Right back at you, man. And we're going to try and keep this as informal as possible. Still keep a little bit of a structure, but we really do just want it to be, you know, us sitting down and talking about sports. And hopefully you guys enjoy that. Sports are fun. They're meant to be fun. So yeah, I think it, I think it will be a really good thing. And, um, Josh kind of talked about in in his post on our Facebook page about uh, you know sports are meant to be uplifting. We're hoping that this can be be an uplifting thing as sports get back in session that that we can sit down and just have some fun, talk about sports and um kind of pretend like the world is is back to normal a little bit. So I I think it's a uh, sports can be a really powerful thing, a really good you know strong force for good. I am so to to start out, uh, we have sports returning. Bring out the party bus. Sports are back. America. America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first sports that started to return is actually the Premier League, uh, which I know, Jason, you... <laughs> are not hugely (laughs) fond of soccer. So I will make some quick comments about soccer returning. But I just remember a couple weeks ago, um, my brother was actually down uh, watching some sports. And I was like, wait, and it said live, like up in the corner. I was like, what? (laughs) Um, Which is the first time in months that I'd seen any kind of like real sporting event actually being streamed live. Yeah, the Premier League started uh, probably mm, three weeks ago, three to four weeks ago. So that's been cool. And this week, actually two days ago, Wednesday, uh, Major League Soccer started up. So that is cool. I'm a Real Salt Lake fan, so I'm excited to see them back in action. But our main one that we're going to talk about today is the NBA, which training camp for the restart of the season started off yesterday. So we're really excited to break down and dig into some juicy stuff about the NBA. Yeah, and I'm. I, it's been fun to see. The, if you haven't seen, I, I would go follow uh, the Utah Jazz on any sort of social media platform. But it's been cool to see the the players back on the court. Uh, Donovan and uh, Connolly. Um, we're on the floor practicing yesterday, and they released some pictures. So that was just it was just fun to see Donovan. Donovan was ear to ear smiling, full grin. So I think he's he's pretty excited about <laughs> about having sports back. So like all of us, uh, 
I'm I'm just stoked. I'm really really excited to have have some sort of form of the NBA back. Going off of your comment about uh, Donovan is there were no pictures with Rudy Gobert in them. So what we want to jump into is about the Utah Jazz and a recent article that was published um, on ESPN um, that talks about the Donovan and Rudy situation. So if you follow the Jazz at all, you've probably heard at some point about the rift that started happening between the two. And I do want to I do want to make a little little bit of a note here. I I believe it was Sarah Todd uh, that covers the Jazz for uh, the Deseret News said that those were actually team microphones, so they were not media member microphones. Um, and the the league had actually moved back the media members, the six feet, and had the spacing and stuff had started to initiate that not to protect the media members, but to prevent to protect Rudy Gobert to protect the mem- like the players. Um, and so she made the point that she and uh, anybody else that was that was at that session where Rudy Gobert was was joking around had specifically said that it, she thought that it was a sign of co- camaraderie that Rudy was was kind of mocking the 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 NBA saying you know why why are you trying to protect me these are like my friends like the media like they're they're part of the league. Um, and so, so that was his, and in my opinion, that was yeah. what his goal of, <laughs> of doing that was. It wasn't malicious or like, haha, I'm going to spread this virus to you. It was actually the league had implemented those, um, safety precautions to protect quote unquote, the, the players themselves. So, um, I think that was really, really overblown and pretty, honestly, pretty distasteful, um, the way a lot of league reporters handled that um, going around, particularly when Rudy was diagnosed, um, even the fact that his name and Donovan's were released at all, um, I think was in a lot of ways def- def- uh, defamation of character. So uh, that, in my opinion, that was handled very poorly, but I just wanted to chime in with my kind of two cents on that moment. But yeah, oh, I think you're spot on because the, the, We've talked about this um, off air, Jason, is how how do we know that another player didn't give the coronavirus to Rudy? They had been on an East Coast road trip for like five games, so who's not to say that one of the players from the East Coast, which I'll point out as well that the Celtics players, there were a couple of Celtics players, I believe, that had tested positive. Yep. So who's, who's to say that it wasn't a Celtics player that actually gave the coronavirus yep. to Donovan totally. or to Rudy, but... It's just the fact that, just like you said, that it was attached to Rudy's name that everybody blames Rudy. Oh, Rudy, the, like Rudy, you know, Rudy shut down the league. But yep. it's like, well, <laughs> it's very possible that another player had it before Rudy, but Rudy was oh, the only 100%. one that got tested and tested positive. Like he was the first person to like actually yep. get tested and posit- be positive. So there's just a lot of, a lot of uh, misinformation. So I would put it. Yeah, I agree. And and Rudy was Rudy. I think through through all of this, since I think it's been a great growing opportunity for for Rudy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's hard for us to look. It's hard for us to look at Rudy and I don't know judge judge his actions, his decisions. Uh, it's 
we don't know what the the team locker room was right mm-hmm. like. We've only heard reports from all sorts of individuals that are talking about it. I think it's important to remember too that that Rudy's from France. France, it, it's a different culture than America. There, I think they're a lot more touchy feely there. They're a lot more kind of playful, uh, like as far as kind of health standards go as as far as cleanliness mm. i don't i actually do not think that they are um culturally they're not as germaphobic as americans are um when it comes to to touching and that kind of thing and so it is a different culture um that rudy's coming into america and this virus has just been unprecedented we've never seen anything like it before and there was a lot of misinformation so i think it's yeah, I, I think it. I think it's a. It's a tough spot to look at Rudy and, you know, be super harsh at him. Yeah. Um. Particularly his comments, you know, once the incident happened and his issue of apology, and then reading through this article, his 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 comments have been very mature. Yeah. Um, and I think he's handled the situation really well, and I think it's it's been a good growing point for him. I absolutely agree. Well, and tying it back into that article where it talks about Rudy and Donovan's relationship, you read those comments by Gobert. How I read it is it's a guy that wants to win and that understands that he's not perfect, and he admits that. You know, he's not afraid to say, like, oh, yeah, like, I know that I'm not perfect, and I know that I've made mistakes, but, like, I still am keeping in mind, like, my ultimate goal is, one, he talks about how he loves Utah. He loves the culture. He like, thinks it's a great spot for his family. And two, that he wants to win a championship. And he genuinely believes that with Quinn and the team they have, that he can win a championship here. So that's just really refreshing, especially in in an NBA world where it's very much just a win it now. I don't want to go through the process of having the ups and downs. I just want to go and win a championship now. And I, I think, I think too, as this contract extension gets closer, you know, it's, it's going to be something that, we jazz fans need to keep in mind how how many players have we had that have wanted to win a championship in Utah mm-hmm. not just win a championship but they have trusted the system mm-hmm. they've loved living here and enjoy the the culture and the people and you know the landscape yeah. of of Salt Lake of of Utah that that just doesn't happen and i think it's important to keep players yeah. like that around so just another interesting thought i definitely think that that keeping rudy gobert around that those comments they improved my opinion of that uh, I, I i saw those and it definitely made me do a little bit of a ret- retrospect yeah. you know to into him staying around yep i absolutely agree i think they're concerned to what donovan has recently said there haven't really been any outright comment by donovan to say oh yeah i want to win a championship in utah it's it's been more, again, this is my own personal opinion. In that article, some of the quotes and, and some other things that he's said recently, it's more do my job. But there's been nothing that I've read that's been, oh, yeah, he is willing to work through it and he wants to stay. Especially um, when you think back to Gordon Hayward era where there was a lot of fans, myself included, that thought that there was a high chance that Hayward would stay. But then after... Obviously, when he announced that he would not be staying in Utah, that when you go back and read into some of his comments, it kind of made sense. He'd kind of been hinting almost at he was going to leave. Uh, I remember specifically one of the ones at the end of the season where he said, oh, I've loved my time in Utah. It was very past tense. I've loved my time in Utah. 
and just comments like that that were very much cues of hey i'm leaving probably like this has been fun but i'm not going to tell you outright and you know nobody knows what's was going through gordon hayward's head at the time and throughout that process and whatnot and yeah it's a bummer but obviously i wish i wish him all the best and yeah it was disappointing but he has his agency he's a free agent so he could leave mm. so i think there's just a lot of um concern on my part and like questions not probably not to the extent that i had with hayward but just some questions about donovan and where's he where's he at you know yeah and i i think it's it has been hard to tell in the past couple months where where donovan has been at yep. but we we definitely you know before we kind of look at his maybe potential issues that he has with utah right now is that he has done a lot for the state so far oh, yeah. um and and 100% to his credit, he has endeared himself to the state of Utah. And that's that's why we're talking about this is because we love Donovan. Like Donovan has has changed and and saved pretty much Utah's franchise. When before they drafted him, I did not know what the Jazz were going to do. I was really, really worried. And he just exploded onto the scene and was so good at basketball. But... More than that, he embraced the state of Utah. He went and showed up to high school basketball tournaments and college football home games wearing Utah State gear and, you know, posting on social media that he had, you know, a Utah Utah and BYU hats in his closet and um, has supported high school players, you know, that are that are up and coming. Dallin Hall from uh that that committed to to BYU he retweeted out his commitment and talked with him at the the high school um at the high school championship that they they talked and he gave him support so he has done barbecues um and and the ba- barbecue like you were saying showing up to these random normal Utah events you know that that they have donovan has done a lot for the state in promoting it and it shows us he's human yes so i i think that i think it's gonna be interesting to watch his comments over the past couple days because obviously or the the next couple months because because obviously there there has been a couple things that have started to create a little bit of a wedge i i feel like between donovan and the utah jazz the the first situation being everything that went on with rudy gobert and how that was kind of approached by donovan but then also the the civil unrest with the with the racial issues there yeah there is a very big misunderstanding going on between donovan and people that are commenting on his post, and there there have been racist people on the post, and there are racist people in every every state. I don't feel like there's an abundance of that in Utah. I think particularly people are getting confused as to whether Donovan Mitchell supports the movement Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. or the organization BLM Black Lives Matter, and and those are very very different things. For people here in Utah, strong church membership uh, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and um, part of their belief system as as church members is, 
you know, supporting a traditional family, yeah. not supporting Marxism. And a lot of those things are in that are contrary to those beliefs are in the BLM mission statement that that part of their goal is to disrupt the nuclear family. And so I, I think that that those comments have come off to Donovan as racist, that he's seen a lot of that and that's concerned him, especially as a black man and being very involved in kind of this, this social justice reform. And so it's something to keep an eye on if that impacts his decisions moving forward, if he stays in Utah, if it, if, if that's something that he can, you know, come to understand and, or just simply look past and know that there are a lot of really good people in Utah that love and support Donovan because of who he is, not because of the color of his skin. So it will be interesting. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. And I saw the thought as you're talking about it as well as the dynamic between Rudy and Donovan. Um, So I was just thinking back to Donovan's career. And as Donovan came into the league, I've just been thinking about players, especially on the Jazz, that have been mentors to him and that he's had really good relationships with. The first one that came to mind was uh, Ricky Rubio. That It's no secret that Ricky Rubio and Donovan Mitchell had a really close relationship and to the point where now, like, Ricky Rubio wears Donovan Mitchell's shoes. So cool. As he plays. So yeah. cool. And so I've just been thinking about that with Ricky Rubio's departure. I almost wonder if Donovan, obviously, you know, he loses a mentor in Ricky Rubio. But then beyond that, I'd also say that he had a really good relationship with Derek Favors. And it's hard to say with uh, Donovan and Rudy, for me personally, where their relationship has been. But I almost feel like when those two players, when Ricky Rubio and Derek Favors left, that Donovan kind of, he's had to grow up very quickly in the NBA just being given the the keys to the car, as has been put before, to take over and be the leading scorer for the first year in the league to now. And so I feel like maybe with Rudy and Donovan is the power struggle, so to speak, of, okay, like, who's, who's the alpha? Like, who, who's the leader on the team? When in reality, like, it doesn't need to, that doesn't need to be the question. It, the question should be, how can we work together to be leaders and lead this team to a championship. Yeah, and I I think it is an interesting dynamic as well in just how the league is shifting. We used to we used to see just dominant yeah. power, you know, body centers, Shaq and Wilt Chamberlain and you know, Bill Russell, those those have been big aspects of the NBA, but we've seen that move from the the diesel where you just blow down whoever's in your way and dunk it home to you know, these long, slim, shifty frames that really play like a guard. They can handle the ball. KD! <laughs> KD, seven-footer, right? But even even more so to, like, the true center position, Joel Embiid, Kat, uh, Nikola Jokic. Like, they, they, the center position has changed, and the ability to handle the ball and to shoot is a lot more valuable. Absolutely to a center than than what Rudy's position has you know is the way that he plays it just it just is different and we've shifted to a guard heavy dominant kind of offensive style in the NBA and so to play to Donovan's side a little bit if if you're okay with that Josh taking his side of things 
you know, Donovan was given those keys. He he is the man with the Jazz. When you're when you're in an offensive possession, when you need a bucket, you're going to Donovan Mitchell 100% of the time and and he knows that and he needs to be able to have that scorer's shooter's mentality of I'm the guy. I'm going to get us this bucket. And I you know, there are points where I do think that he can look for Rudy a little bit more, but I actually in this area I'm on Donovan Mitchell's side a little bit here. I think that he he has been overall okay in his decision making in in late games. If I'm going in in with, you know, under a minute to go, I will take a Donovan mid-range shot where he's able to create space one-on-one and where we have the shooters to pull away from Donovan to give him the space where he can't get double teamed. I will take a mid-range or a three-point jump shot from Donovan every day versus trying to run a pick and roll and getting muddied up in the lane or pulling a body over and, and, and stopping Rudy from being able to catch these lobs, which can be super difficult to pull off, especially in a pressure late-game situation. So that's just my opinion. I know Josh probably has a little bit different of an opinion, but just in kind of support of Donovan Mitchell, I think that he needs to have that mindset of I'm the guy. And I think, and and I do think that Rudy's comments have shown a little bit maturity that he, I think he's realizing that the importance that Donovan plays offensively. Um, and hopefully that will, you know, resolve itself and we'll see, we'll see how that goes with, with the bubble. I would say, yes, I agree. Uh, my main part where I disagree, I'm just pulling up Donovan's stats right now, is the tendency, and it, let me preface this with, it happens with anybody, especially with a young player that's still learning his way in the league, figuring out how to break down defenses that are playing around him. But I think that where I struggle with it is the nights where Donovan's shooting six for 21 or four for 23 and just those really off nights. But and there's a delicate balance of keep shooting and shoot your way out of a slump. But at the same time, there have been times where Donovan's struggling, but he still keeps trying to take those shots. And Rudy's having a fantastic night. You know, he's shooting nine for nine or eight for nine. You know, he, he's shooting a very high percentage. Um, and he's just still not getting the ball. So like that's that's where I would take Rudy's side is just that there's times where if Donovan's struggling that he's not looking to say okay you know what Rudy's cooking I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it to him. He feels like he has to be the one to take on the full responsibility when he doesn't, um, especially because there are times where if you are playing a team you know the first one that comes to mind is if, like he's playing against a guy like uh, Drummond. You know, where Rudy Gobert can take Drummond one-on-one and they both play a very similar game where get it to Rudy. But obviously, if you're playing against a team like the Rockets where they're they're trying to pull out Rudy to the three-point line and really taking him out of the game, then, yeah, I'll give the ball to, to Donovan and, you know, let Rudy try to figure out ways to beat the defense. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's a delicate balance, man. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um and like I said, Donovan's not—he's not perfect. There are definitely times where he could look to pass more, and I think that that has improved actually this this season. I have felt like Donovan's been pretty efficient 
this season because he's got shooters. He's got people, you know, around him that he can pass the ball to with with the spacing, um, and they can rely to hit an open corner three. Looking at you, Ricky Rubio, in Game Five of the Houston Rockets series. Um, but I, I think that I, I'd be interested to go and look at the stats for that because I do feel like actually that that has that he has been more efficient and that those times have not been as frequent. Um, but no, I think I think that's a fair point, and there are definitely times that that he could be looking for Rudy more. I had noticed in the past, you know, in the two months or so before the NBA shut down that it seemed like a lot of times that when they w- people were passing to Rudy, and maybe it's on the passer, but I just felt like a lot of times his hands weren't as strong as they have been in the past, that he was fumbling a lot of the balls, that he was trying to pump fake too many times and, and missing a lot of opportunities that he's had under the basket for, you know, an easy dunk or a, one of his classic long stride lay-ins with the foul you know that that a lot of a lot of his handling skills seem to degenerate a little bit as as the season kind of rolled along there before it got shut down so Mm -hmm. that's that the and i'm specifically thinking of a situation there was a um it was just maybe a week or two before the league shut down there was a video of donovan and rudy arguing on the bench um, that Rudy was saying, pass me the ball, pass me the ball. But Donovan was, you know, Donovan was saying pretty much like, your hands are soft. Like, you've got soft hands. Like, he was he was kind of, they were both going back and forth. But if you look at the video, the previous, the you know, the in the game, there were, in that game, there were moments where Donovan could have and maybe should have passed to Rudy that he didn't. But it was because Rudy was dropping the ball because they the couple of times that they had thrown it down in the post to him or given him a high lob that he fumbled it away and there were, you know, multiple turnovers. And so it's hard. It's a hard balance. And it's going to be really interesting to see how that impacts their relationship and, uh, and the yeah. team moving forward. Can those two get their games to match and play together. That is going to be so critical for the Jazz as an organization to figure out and maybe a conversation for for another time as we're it looks like we're running a little bit low on time here but I, yeah, I think we can expound on that in the future and as as the NBA resumes, we will look for that and maybe we can discuss it more if it seems like they've resolved some of those problems or you know, if they're still around, what what do the Jazz do moving forward? Who do they sign? Can they keep both guys? Rudy wants to stay, but is he worth the max contract? Mm-hmm. Donovan, maybe he doesn't want to stay, but is worth the max. Yeah. You know, the max contract. I I don't know. It'll be something to keep an eye uh, eye uh, on as we move to the NBA resume. Mm-hmm. I agree. And just to close that thought is that I hope that they can work it out and I hope we can find a way to keep both of them because they really are like we are a better team with both of them than if we had to choose between them 
So transitioning um, into in the Orlando bubble, the big question right now that a lot of teams are looking at is who do we sign? <laughs> so a lot of teams like the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, for example, that only have 12 healthy players, like they've had three of, I believe it's their three starters, that have all opted out uh, due to testing positive for the coronavirus. And so there's a lot of questions that NBA teams are asking about how do we fill these, um, you know, these holes in the roster. And, and it's not even just about filling, but how do we <laughs> add talent and individuals on our roster that can actually help us win? Um, specifically with the Jazz, something I read yesterday, um, because they will be without Boyan Bogdanovich, which is a huge hit because that's 20-plus points a game. Um, how, do you, you know, how, how do you bring in somebody to help? I mean, you really can't bring somebody in to fill that, but how do you bring somebody in to help add some of those points to the board? Um, something I saw yesterday was, did the Jazz sign Joe Johnson? Like, Joe Johnson is a free agent, and he's eligible to be signed. He's been on the Jazz previously a couple of years ago, and uh, for me personally, I really liked him. Um, he's definitely getting up there in age. Buckets. Joe Buckets. Yep, Joe Buckets. But... That's suppose my question. The Jazz signed somebody like a Joe Johnson. Well, and I think it's interesting you brought up the Brooklyn Nets too, because they they just signed Jamal Crawford, uh, age veteran, known bucket getter. He scored fifty two points in his last NBA game and has largely been unsigned. And the Brooklyn Nets needed some bodies to be able to fill the team essentially, and they signed him and. Uh, so I think I think signing Joe Johnson would be would be a good idea. I think I think we're maybe a bit beyond that now. You know, I think we might be to the point where it would be potentially too late to do that. Um, but I would not have minded signing a a veteran guy to that you know can you can rely on to to score some baskets. But but look. The Jazz have that. The Jazz have Mike Conley. Mike Conley is a veteran scorer, um, and with losing Boyan, I I think that the that he has to step up. The Jazz need Mike Conley to show up for this this NBA bubble, which will be interesting too. And this this is absolutely a positive thing because it's much more important than basketball, is that he will likely be leaving at some point and will be unavailable for 7 to 10 days for the birth of uh, his child. Um, his wife's pregnant and going to be having, I don't remember if it's a boy or a girl, but they're going to be having a baby, and so he'll be leaving at some point, most likely for the birth of his child, and then he'll have to go, once he does return, have to go through a quarantine period. So the Jazz will likely be without Mike Conley for at least three to four games at some point during the bubble. Yeah, and and you know maybe this is this is a chance for the Jazz two-way players to be able to step up. Maybe maybe veterans aren't the way. So the Jazz are bringing both of their two-way players to Orlando. They will be there. They will be available. They won't have to quarantine. They'll be part of the team. So maybe you go young. Is that something that you think that the Jazz could maybe go to? Yeah. Uh, it's just it, it's hard to because <laughs> we don't know all the other teams are going to look like. You know, We can base it off of what we've seen and what other teams have shown in the regular season, but just 
the dynamic of the teams and who's going to be there and then what shape are they going to be in and how's their mental state going to be and just all of these variables and these factors that we just don't know. Like we won't know until they step onto a basketball court and start blowing up. Yep. And I, I would specifically keep an eye out for Jarrell Brantley. Yeah. I think he he could be a significant piece that the Jazz could rely on to, to fill that boy on hole. Um, he was a two-way, so he played a little bit with the Jazz, but primarily played with the, the, the Stars, the G League team. Um, and he was all first G League team. Um, he was named to the uh, the development league's rookie team as well. Um, and he was in 33 games for the Stars and averaged 18.8 points, 7.6 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals pretty much. Um, and he shot 51% from the field. So that... You know that that could be an area that that the Jazz could rely on to to get some some buckets. I'm I'm excited to see if Brantley gets an opportunity to to show his offensive game because he is quite good. It would be exciting to have some NBA basketball back. So it will, and it will be interesting to see how people handle the stress of being in the bubble, of not having family. Of you know, we've seen posts on social media about accommodations aren't up to nba player stance you know standards that food the the meals have looked pretty pretty slim for guys that are going to be out pretty much 24 7 you know going super hard in training camp in ball Mm -hmm. um so it is gonna be i i really like and maybe we can kind of kind of close on this um but i think that it will be the hardest championship that anyone has had to win. Yeah. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I took my opinion of that that quote from him, um, but he felt like this was going to be the hardest championship that anyone has had to win. Oh yeah, I agree. I think the main thing is this isn't a typical environment for the players. Like this is an experience that's completely new. And number one, I just hope that everybody stays healthy and safe and that they take care of themselves, um, and especially with Conley. With being there for the birth of your child is so much more important than playing in a couple of NBA games for the Jazz. Like That's something that uh, he should definitely take his time on, spending time with his family and especially being there for his child's birth and taking some time off for that. So. Not just with him, but with everybody. I just hope that everybody stays healthy and that um, everything works out with the bubble they've created and keeping everybody healthy and safe. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. I hope that that everybody can stay safe and healthy, um, that we won't see spikes in the in the bubble with the virus, and hopefully the players can see stay relatively injury free so it will definitely definitely be interesting um yeah but yeah i i so let let me just i think we should end with this Giannis quote because i really like it um and we'll pick up some more of these conversations on on the next podcast so uh Giannis said i feel like a lot of people say that there's gonna be a star an asterisk he's referring to um next to this championship I feel like at the end of the day, this is going to be the toughest championship you could ever win because the circumstances are really, really tough right now 
So whoever wants it more is going to be able to go out there and take it. So let's hope that the Jazz want it, that they they have a little bit of a chip and an edge on their shoulder right now. They've gotten some bad publicity. You know, let's hope Rudy and Donovan want to go out there and prove that they belong in the in the league, that they can play their positions together, and that they can go out and really give some people uh, something to think about and a surprise this year with, with the NBA championship. Yeah, I absolutely agree. We'll see what happens, but uh, Jason, do you know what time it is? So just a little background, our back-end bits will be how we end each show. Back we'll just be really quick and brief announcements that have been made or just random thoughts that we've had. Uh, so today, uh, the biggie is that the Big Ten announces that they will only play in conference. <laughs> and I think we all know Ooh. how Jason feels. Ah, that, is, that is killer, um, I think, for the college football season. Uh, this, this, to me, is a big indication that college football may not happen um it doesn't make any sense to me that uh, it does not make any sense to me personally i think that whether you play an in-conference schedule or you're going across the country it doesn't really make a difference on whether people are going to get the virus so my opinion on that one but major major impact for for college football well that's something to see as you move forward how other conferences respond because that's when the coronavirus started to spread and things started to cancel each conference making their announcement or you know school making announcement it was just like a domino effect so it'll be interesting since the big 10 has made this announcement to see how the rest of college (laughs) sports fares and how they respond so that will be something to watch yep and i would expect I would expect in the next week or so for the Pac-12 to make a similar yeah. announcement, something to look to watch look, out for, yeah. not look forward to because it's yeah. terrible, but just expect. All right, well that about does it. Boom, baby. That does it. First show, first yeah, podcast on on yeah. the mic. That feels good. Um, well, we we really appreciate you sticking around. Hopefully. Somebody listened to this, but we sure had a lot of fun <laughs> recording it and just talking about sports. So we're both looking at, looking forward to sports being back. Again, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to this in some shape or form, but um, hopefully we'll look forward to doing more of these podcasts in the future. So, Absolutely. All right, everybody. Stay safe and stay classy. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, and until next week, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. See you next week.